ഹമ്മദുറഹീം respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home when the persians had taken a severe beating and lashing in their second encounter with the muslims in which hazrat musanna radiyallahu ta'ala an was the amir that second battle was a revolutionary battle for the Persians a lot of changes occurred even though they had lost the battle many lives were lost 100000 Persians were dead in one day a catastrophe for the Persians the Persians stood against Rustum and Fairuz they revolted against him if you remember just to quickly recap from where we had left off in the last session and they came to him and they said to him that a hundred thousand men have died because of both of you it is because of your internal disunity that this has resulted and if you don't come with a quick solution we will also get rid of you and execute you Arustum and Fairuz were two military men and leaders very quickly what they did was sent for a search party to look for that young man the lost man the one who was carrying the royal blood of the Sasani tribe if you recall that the persian king had killed all the male members of the family as to avoid anyone who could possibly stand against him and he died after a short period of time and then shireen came along she died also and there was no one to take charge except for rustum and fairuz but there was this one child who was smuggled out by the uncle and now at the age of 21 this man appears from nowhere and he is carrying the royal blood and so he is reinstated as the emperor and the ruler the king of persia This man was a very intelligent person, very smart, very clever, 21, very young. And because he was from the Sasani tribe, everyone would respect him and everyone agreed to take that individual as their leader. So Rustum and Fairuz were very clever. Everything was now 
on the head of Yazdajard. That is the name of this young man, Yazdajard al-Thalis. Yazdajard the third. So this man takes control. And now as Yazdajard is in control, it is said that the entire Persian uh, citizens have enlisted their names to fight the Arabs, to fight the Muslims who have killed so many Persians. So now they are all united under one individual. Before you had Persians who were with Rustum and then you had Persians who were with Fayruz. But now it's all under one roof. These people were fired up with vengeance. They wanted to sort out the Muslims. They wanted to take revenge. And they all came under one banner, one platform that now we will come with such a massive army as to show the Arabs. These are the terms that they were using, not Muslims. When this news was given to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala the great man that he is, after a lot of thinking, deliberation with the senior companions, he decided, he said to the people, that it is time for me now to come out of Madinatul Munawwara and I will lead the Mujahideen in this very important battle. Allahu Akbar, this is the battle of Qadisiyah, one of the most important battles in Islam, in the Islamic history. And so he said to the companions, I will be the Amir, I will come out of Madinatul Munawwara and I will lead you inshaAllah to this battle. Everyone agreed. Now before we go into, uh, furthermore into who will be appointed as an Amir, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an had taken this battle to be very very serious. And many changes, major changes were made by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. For an example, uh, in the case of those that had apostated the crime of being murtad, to renounce your religion, Anyone who became a murtad and then reverted back to Islam, there was an additional punishment for the murtads. That even though their iman was accepted, as a lesson they were never allowed to fight with the Muslims in jihad. Even though they had accepted Islam. This was the punishment for, the, for those who had become murtad, apostated, and then they became Muslims again. Many. And this was a trend set and strengthened by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq from the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een had a list of all the people. Those that were Mu'mineen, Muslimin, and then they became Murtad. And then later on Allah gave them Hidayat. So at the time of Rasulullah they were not allowed to participate in Jihad. And also in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq they were not allowed. Hazrat Umar was so desperate for men. It was such a huge army. The Persians were strong people. Massive army. Now one must remember that the Persian Empire is not Iran. During the time of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, even the Turks were included into the Persian Empire. Turkish people. It was a vast region. A massive area. In fact, some of the ulama have said even parts of India was included into the Persian Empire. So you are talking about these powerful nation, very very strong people. And they would just come from nowhere. 
And so Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was very very desperate. He even changed the ruling and the trend set by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. He said, I will even give the opportunity to the former murtaddeens to come and fight now for the Muslims. So this was a major change. And then he wrote letters to all of the Arab leaders, the, the tribes, invited them and he said, I want all of you who are young, strong, who can fight, anyone who even owns a knife must come now to me in Madinatul Munawwara. And for the first time in the history of Islam, during the period of Khulafai Rashidin, jihad became mandatory. This jihad became farz. And so that Umar radiallahu ta'ala was looking for men who were prepared to fight. And so he issued a fatwa and he said, now I want everyone to come because this is a very important battle. Preparations were made by both the sides. In Madinatul Munawwara and also in Madain where Yazdajard was living. So it was a major confrontation between Haq and Batil, between the believers and the disbelievers. Subhanallah, Madinatul Munawwara was flooded with Mujahideen. What was it? Flooded with Mujahideen. As Umar radiallahu ta'ala an would come out from the masjid and look on his right, look on his left, and you'd find these Arabs on the, on the camelbacks coming in their hundreds, all prepared. Because now, it was not a choice. If you remember first, it was a choice in our first session. Now it's not a choice. Now that Umar is saying, you have to come. And so this was a matter of pride and you had the tribal leaders. Once the leaders would come, then everyone else would follow. So you had all of the tribes rushing into Madinatul Munawwara, prepared for this fight, men and women included. So it was a big event in the history, in the Islamic history, the Battle of Qadisiyah. We find that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala again spoke to the senior Sahaba, the companions and said, Right, I will lead the people to jihad with the Persians. Everyone agreed. Everyone was happy. Who better than Amir al-Mu'mineen to be the Amir? But Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala an objected. And he said, La. Abdurrahman bin Auf was a very senior Sahabi. When he spoke, Allah had given him this gift, very persuasive. Whatever he would say, he would make sure that that was the final decision. And so he sat with the companion and said, I'm surprised at what you people are talking about. You are telling me that you want Amirul Mu'mineen to vacate Madinatul Munawwara. Amirul Mu'mineen is the backbone at this minute for all of the Mujahideen, the Muslims throughout the Islamic Empire. And you want him to go forward and fight? Wouldn't it be better if someone became the naib, a proxy for Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab, uh, someone who's going to represent him, and someone who is his naib? So why do you want Hazrat Amir al-Mu'minin to go? In case, uh, if he was to become shaheed, because this is what they would do, they would want to target the, the elites, the man right at the top, and it would be too costly. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf gave the right mashwara and he said, impossible. I don't agree to this. When he spoke, it is said that some of the companions even understood and Allah put it into their hearts also that perhaps this is the right decision. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said that, look, my intention is perhaps to go with you. 
But we have to look at the states of the Muslims and their conditions and whatever best suits the Muslims, I will say labbaik to that. And finally, the elite companions that were there, they agreed that no, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab will not go. Now who is to take the position of Amir al-Mu'minin Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab? Brother Umar Farooq yesterday, last week after Dhar said to me, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. And why not? Who else can be uh, the right person to take that position of Hazrat Amir al-Mu'mineen and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid? You had such great military leaders and expertise in the field of all the jihadi campaigns. Who could touch Hazrat Khalid bin Walid? But the problem was, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah were in Syria. Where were they? Syria. So Hazrat Umar was uh, constricted. He did not have a choice. Very few companions were like those great leaders. Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah. And you know how the Romans were. Once you eliminate a Roman, after a few weeks, again another Roman would pop up <laughs> from nowhere. So this is how the Romans were. So Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, it was a very big gamble for Hazrat Abu Ubaidah and Khalid bin Walid to, to leave the Syrian borders controlled by the Romans it was difficult so the two were looking after that side and here Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had given mashwira to Hazrat Umar Farooq his last wasiyah before he died and he said to Hazrat Umar make sure this border and this border is connected and made into one border and that is the Islamic Empire Subhanallah so here you had a choice you had some of the grand companions what do you do? Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf was the man who gave mashwira that Amir al-Mu'mineen, you are not to go to Medina al-Munawwara. Everything was put on him. And he is the man who selected the one who is going to be the naib for Hazrat Amr ibn al-Khattab. He came to Hazrat Umar and he said, I have found the man for you. I have found the right person for you. And Hazrat Amir al-Mu'mineen said, who is this man? And Hazrat uh, Abdurrahman bin Auf said Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas Who? Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas When the name of Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas came along Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and smiled The companions were smiled It was like the pressure was now released Taken out They even forgot that they still had gems amongst them All of them were unique But where was Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas? And it happens sometimes my respected brothers you have the main person in front of you, but sometimes you can't see him. Uh, at the heat of excitement, a lot of things happen, and then shaitan is also your enemy. It is a straightforward decision, but sometimes you are blinded. And so the Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was in front. Who is he? The maternal uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not an ordinary person. A man who had a lot of military expertise. A very powerful man. In fact, he is one amongst the ten given the Basharat of Jannah. Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas. A very senior Sahabi. Jo huzur ke chacha ho vayi, to fir aap soch le. Mamu. So, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiyallahu ta'ala an was selected. And he was again a very powerful man in the same rank as Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an. Just to give you one example. In the battle of Uhud, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he played a major role 
in the battle of Uhud. He, he played the role of an infantry and also of cavalry. And it is said that at one time he shot an arrow, that one arrow killed three mushrikeen. One arrow killed how many? Three? Three mushrikeen. And this is no exaggeration. And so some of the companions asked him, how did you do this? We saw three of them falling down. He said, this arrow was given to me by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me, Sa'ad, take this arrow and shoot. And then Rasulullah said to him, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you. Imagine the intense love. When would you say that? You would only say it when there is deep love for that individual. May my mother and father be sacrificed for you. So not an ordinary sahabi. In fact, the Mu'arrikheen, Muslim historians have said, one of the first companions to shoot an arrow in the path of Allah. The first man to shoot an arrow in the path of Allah. Kasebai. It is said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had sent uh, a group of companions to fight the mushrikeen in an area what was known as Rabig. What is the area known as? Rabig. This was uh, towards the border of Hijaz, very low down. And Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was one of the mujahideen selected by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was a sariya. And this was the first battle in Islam. This was the first battle in Islam. The battle in which the Muslims fought the people of Rabigh. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not there. When the mushrikeens attacked the Muslims, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was the first man protecting the Muslims by shooting the arrows. And so it was said that he was the first man to shoot an arrow in the path of Allah. No one before him shot an arrow in that state of Iman. The first jihad and the first man to shoot the arrow was who? Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an. So no doubt my respected brothers a very very important person. But even then the great man that he is Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. He did not give him a blank check. And said to him, okay, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, I choose you for the battle of Qadisiyah. They did not even know that it is going to be the battle of Qadisiyah, the battle between the Muslims and the Persians. He said, but the final decision will be mine. Final decision will be mine. He says, I hold you responsible, but any major decisions that you take, you have to consult me. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said that to him. Now although Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an was very very capable but at the same time this battle was very very important. Why? There was a massive gamble involved in a sense that majority of the companions a lot of them were to participate in this battle. You had 70 sahabai kiram ajma'een who were badari sahabi. Who were they? Badari sahabi. Badari sahabi means the ones who were in the battle of Badr. And you had 300 Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een who were present at Bay'at Rizwan when Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam took Bay'ah from the companions under the tree. This is known as Bay'at Rizwan. So you had 300 Sahaba who were part of that Bay'ah of Rizwan. 
And Allah says, وَرِضْوَانُ مِنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ So these were elite sahabai kiram ajma'een who were all prepared to go and fight the Persians. Subhanallah al-Azim, it was all selected now. Everything was ready. Hazrat Sa'bi Nabi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an is the man in charge. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an looked at all of the mujahideen, the tribal leaders, giving them nasiha and giving them advice. When the day came, when the mujahideen were now about to leave Madinatul Munawwara, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an, it took him 17 to 18 stops to get into the Persian territory. 17 to 18 stops. So they would march for a long period of time and then at one location they would spend the night. So 17, 18 stops and then they got to that area uh, in which it was easy for them to face the Persians. So the first area in which Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas stopped was an area what is known as Sa'laba. Is known as Sa'laba. Hazrat um, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas camped there for a few days and then from Sa'laba he moved on to Sharaf. He went to Sharaf. Not Musharrafa. Not Musharraf having a bad time. Not Musharraf. But to Sharaf. So he went to, they went to Sharaf. Now another thing here what we need to note is as Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an comes along with all the mujahideen moves from Sa'laba to Sharaf. When he gets to Sharaf a man, a messenger comes from Madinatul Munawwara uh, he's the person who is usually giving information and messages to all of the mujahideen scattered out in Syria and in the Persian Empire. So he comes and he makes salam to the Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas and says that this khat letter is given to you by Hazrat Amirul Mu'minin, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. Open it and read it. And it is said that these messengers were very strong charactered people. These were people who did not know diplomacy. Uh, in a sense that whatever they were instructed with, uh, they would give that message. It is very, very important. So you can't, uh, they cannot form an opinion. How they saw Amirul Mu'minin, that is how they will give information. And he said, you open it. And he opened the letter and in it was a map of this uh, region, this area. And it said in Arabic, Al-Qadisiyah. It said, Al-Qadisiyah. Now imagine, Hazrat Omar Farooq is so, so involved with the people, even though he is not there physically with them, but in the mind and in the heart, in the soul, the ruh is where? With the people there. He wants to select the battleground for the Muslims with Persia. And he, he says in the letter that though you have been to Thalaba and then Sharaf, but the battleground which I select for you, in which the battle will take place between the Muslims and the Persians, is this zone of Qadisiyah. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and personally had described and sketched up a map for Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala. This area, Qadisiyah, is a fertile, rich land, full of canals, and also many many bridges Hazrat Umar felt that this would be the best secure positions for the Muslims to fight the Persians and 
all information was given of Qadisiyah by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an and he said I will even set for you the battleground he said that the plains of Persia the plains of Persia must be in front of you and the hills of Arabia should be at the rear the hills of Arabia should be at the rear so if anything goes wrong if something was to go back uh, if you needed to retreat immediately you can come back to the hills of Arabia and the Arabs were experts when it came to ambush fighting when it came to uh, guerrilla warfare uh, these people the, the people in the desert were strong people they could uh, live in the desert in the jungle without food water for many many days they were physically very strong powerful people so he said the hills uh, are for you at the back so this is how you sit don't let your enemy uh, give you the position because it will be an advantage for them so make sure you set the tables and you take your positions ulama have said how did Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab know about Qadisiyah how it is said that in the pre-Islamic era Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an would visit that part of the region and it is said that of his past observation of Qadisiyah he could still remember and what he saw at that time in his youth and in his young days that is what has been sketched for Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas and he says that this is what I think Qadisiyah looks like and this is where you need to fight this is where you need to fight Subhanallah al-Azim no wonder Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala was such a great leader he is there in the front of everything every activity Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is in the so now you have a battleground set up you have Qadisiyah that is the reason all of the Mujahideen come and they are glued to Qadisiyah Umar radiallahu ta'ala said this is your positions you will not fight elsewhere now when the Persians saw the Muslims that they are stationed in one particular area they waited hoping that perhaps the Muslims would move out they would want the Muslims to fight in their area but the Muslims did not move out and because these people were in their thousands it was like an ocean waves huge waves of people no stop thousands would come thousands would come with the elephants all elephants and soldiers and so they were very very confident as they would come they would say yes dajard yes dajard yes dajard this was the name of the leader and the muslimin what would they say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. This was the difference, haq and batil. Subhanallah, now the ground was set, ground set by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. You have the Muslims here, you have the, um, the Persians on, on one side in their area, the Muslims were close to the hills of Arabia, as it was the tartib and the lesson taught to the companions by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you are not engaging in the battle for fame so that you can occupy territories that is not the purpose your purpose is not dunya your purpose is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is kalimatullah you want to make sure that the name of Allah reaches all parts of the world so Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala and gathered all the mujahideen a bit of meditation, muraqaba to make sure what is your intention the intention is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and the tartib is that you cannot engage in in uh, in the battle with your enemies until you have put forward to them Islam. And so now Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala an, what he does is that he selects 14 elite uh, leaders and, and these are tribal leaders, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, many of them. 14 of them are selected as messengers approved by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, to go and speak with Yazdajad first. Before the battle starts, you speak with Yazdajad. Now again, here to note how scared the Persians were. They would not send a single messenger to the Muslim camp. They were scared. And the Muslims were prepared to take that risk. So you had 14 senior Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een included including Hazrat Mughaira bin Shu'ba radiallahu ta'ala and to go and speak with Yazdajar. Now Qadisiyah was at one particular location. The, the capital, the seat of the Persian government was in a city called Madain. That was 40 miles away from Qadisiyah. So the 14 individuals are prepared to go. And imagine they go without weapons. They go without weapons and they have dressed up in such a simple manner, simple clothes that even the horses don't have a saddle the horses don't have a saddle, no weapons, no nothing and then they come to this huge palace in Madain this is where uh, they were to meet Yazdajard 14 of the companions you find Yazdajard again Kufar, they, they have a lot of show and he said all of you come in and the 14 companions of Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas got into the palace and they spoke with Yazdajar. And Yazdajar said to them that why have you crossed borders and you come into our territory? What is your intention? It is better for you to go back. Hazrat Na'man bin Makran is the spokesman. Hazrat Na'man bin, Na'man bin Makran is the spokesman and he is selected from the 14 and he starts to speak. He says Yazdajar we were people of ignorance and blind people until Allah sent a Nabi, a Prophet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us and we are now in the right path. We want to share the name of Allah with you. It would be better if you people embrace Islam. Now Yazdajad was shocked that these simple people come in front of him with such a a flat bold statement straight on the face become a Muslim can you imagine that become a Muslim challenging the Persian Empire 14 individuals and so it was a shock for him he says what are your conditions he says we give you a choice of three things become a Muslim and we are your brothers we will leave nothing will happen to you if you don't want to become a Muslim no problem pay jizya by paying tax to us, we will protect you. Safety will be given to you. You can practice whatever religion you want to adopt, that is fine. But you have to pay jizya, we will protect you. Muslims pay zakat, you pay jizya. And if you don't want to become a Muslim, and if you don't want to pay jizya, then it will be decided by the swords. Either you win or lose. Whatever happens, the final decision is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now yes, Dajjal got very scared. And he started saying 
that look you people are poor people you are fighting each other you are people who are very hungry if you want food I'm prepared to give you food and if you want money I'm prepared to give you money and he started to lecture Hazrat Naaman bin Makran literally what Hazrat Naaman bin Makran said that look cut the story short we are here we don't want to waste time we are very very serious this is a very serious matter you either become a Muslim or you pay jizya or we will fight you and we will take you on yes the jard was so scared but at the same time the kibra and the takabbur that was there he said go away and then he looked at Naaman bin Makran and he said if it was not the the protocol set by the different governments that the that the messengers are given amnesty I would have executed all of you right now here I would have killed all of you and Naaman bin Makran said before you kill us all we want to say the best choice for you is to become a Muslim the best choice for you is to become a Muslim he's gone to Masjid Bukhari nowadays he would go to he went to a mandir and he said to all of them why don't all of you become Muslims don't waste time <laughs> Subhanallah uh, so these were the messengers and said to him look you have to accept the kalima so on the one side you have Yazdajar a few, few more minutes my brothers on the one side you have Yazdajar who was the leader overall leader and then you have the military leader who is Rustum who is he? Rustum Rustum however heard that the negotiations failed this man was not at all keen to fight the Muslims now Yazdajard has no experience in the battlefield what is he going to do? 21 year old smart looking chap who just stands up and that's it so what is he going to do? he doesn't know the battlefield now he was not, Rustum was not prepared to fight the Muslims he said that there must be something what are these people? they come out from Arabia cross over the borders and they want to fight us people are scared, the Romans are scared of us and who are these Arabs who come to fight us and so he said no, no, no we can come to an agreement, we can come to a solution let's negotiate, let's open the the doors of negotiation again he sends a message to Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas with a letter that I am prepared to talk with you, never mind yes Dajjal, I am the man in charge military man, you speak to me and let's come to an agreement Subhanallah Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas thought that Chalo khair, possibly if Allah gives him hidayat and he, he becomes a Muslim there is nothing wrong if you remember during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq many of the Roman generals had become Muslims many of them and so this was an opportunity so Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala an chooses one individual to go to Rustam and who is that individual? Hazrat Amir, Hazrat Rabi' ibn Amir, Hazrat Rabi' ibn Amir. Hazrat Rabi' ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala an, subhanallah, one man, he says to the Sa'ad, not to worry, I will go and speak to Rustum, one man alone. Now, his method of uh, dressing up, a very uh, different uh, guise, disguise he takes on, weird dressing up. But this is again, subhanallah, the intelligence of Sahabai Kiram Ajmain. He chooses a short-legged horse. A short-legged horse. Now, 
the horse if the horse is mature strong that reflects the strength of the mujahid but he chooses a short legged horse and without a saddle and a simple turban with a rope around his waist and even the sword was did not have a sheath in fact it was covered by uh, a cloth a simple cloth and the spear that he was carrying the blade of it was even fast, fastened by thin threads so when you look at this man <laughs> Rabi ibn Amir you want to say hey who is this man who was going to go and speak to Rustum the military man of the Persian empire but subhanallah it is not what is apparent it is what, what is inside you and this was the policy adopted by the Muslims they did not want to show off they did not want to give information to their opponent to the enemy because when you show everything to them they have a certain advantage they know who you are so they wanted to give a complete opposite picture to the the Persians to be to feel that the Muslims are vulnerable people that the Muslims don't know what they are doing and that we will just simply walk over the Muslims who are these people and you see you get some of these great boxers I will take him out in two rounds in three rounds what was that boxer who is that boxer Mushtaq Nasim Nasim Hamid Nasim Hamid if you if you look at uh, if you notice that this man uh, in the beginning when he was interviewed he would speak a lot of things that were of um, sheer arrogance but uh, alhamdulillah I met him in Hajj and uh, I had a, an opportunity to sit with him and talk to him and he put his hands around me and he said to me big man of Masjid Omar do you want to fight me <laughs> and, and he said to me big man of Masjid Omar I said I'm not a big man but the name Omar is very very big so he said to me and he spoke in Arabic fluent Arabic he goes to me Sheikh I want to say something to you in my past fights I was saying this is what I will do this is what I will do and at times there was music involved but I have repented and I have made astaghfar wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah I repent with sincerity I'm a believer and I love Allah and his messenger alhamdulillah this is a shan of believers you see this is the difference between iman a lot of people do some sometimes some things but that would not mean uh, you know you you take them to be people who are completely evil in their nature and that their iman is weak Allah knows Wallahu alam khair guna is guna sins are sins and so this man very very simple they did not want to give away and this is the problem with a lot of the Muslims sometimes we give all the information to the opponents and it becomes the biggest embarrassment for us and this is what happened in Africa Allah save us a lot of the Muslims had exploited the indigenous population the, the, our, the African people there and, and the locals were dying these people did not have food to eat and, and you had rich rich people uh, driving expensive cars and enjoying food and chickens and rice and beef and this and that Islam is not that Islam is not about show whatever you have khair that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but when you show that means you are giving the opponent too much power that is why when someone speaks too much that is a sign of a weak man
sign of a weak man. Especially those who are leaders. And that is why you will find a kabirin. A kabirin. Very few words. Some of these pious people, as a Sheikh Zulfiqar Sabki Majlis, you sit there, nothing, no words, nothing. Few words, if you would, nothing. In the whole day you will find, in one hour, ji khair, alhamdulillah, mashallah, nothing. But yet what they are inside, they are giants. What are they? Giants. This is the condition. Sahabai Kiram Ajmain were very intelligent. They did not want to give information to the Persians. Now what happens? Sunni ki baat. Hazrat Rabi ibn Amir radiallahu ta'ala without a saddle, with a simple amama comes and the complete opposite of Rustum. Subhanallah, a show of pomp and splendor and expensive uh, uh, furnitures and a rug is laid out. Uh, Persian rugs are very famous. And in the middle you had this massive uh, huge crown uh, with, with uh, gold and silver and gems and all the precious stones to it. In the middle, a crown. And you had curtains and pillows uh, with fine gold lining in it. And so you have um, guards that are waiting to receive Hazrat Rabi' ibn Amir. So they are waiting side by side that the messenger of Hazrat Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas will come and he will stop at the forecourt in the front. Hazrat Rabi ibn Amir looks at the guards and he looks at them and instead of stopping there he gallops on the horse into the main palace of Rustum and he and he gets into the main reception room where the carpet, the rug was laid for him and he stops in the middle making the, the rug all dirty because he had been traveling and so there he is on a small weak horse and Hazrat Rabi ibn Amir looks at the guard and the guards are screaming, what are you doing? What kind of a person are you? This and that. And you had all the people who are, about, uh, who are there to translate and Hazrat Rabi ibn Amir stops right in the middle next to that, uh, that, that crown. And he looks at it, subhanallah, dunya does not affect the companions. Kis mitti ke bane huye Dunya does not affect them. We would have, we would have suffered this inferiority complex. This is what we do. We would have suffered. We suffer from these, uh, this nature of ours. Oh, what will he feel? How will he feel? Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were straightforward people. All the expensive furniture material in front, and just to show him that dunya will not buy us, he is there with his horse uh, galloping inside, and not galloway, galloping inside, and there he is. Subhanallah, the guards come and they, they are about to get hold of him. And they say, first of all, your horse has to be out. He said, no. Said, Secondly, your weapons, you are not allowed to meet Rustum with your weapons. He said, my horse will remain here and I will carry the weapons when I go and meet Rustum. And tell Rustum... We did not invite ourselves here. You invited us. And so we will do what we want. Allahu Akbar. A roaring lion. Take it to say. Look at, subhanallah, look at these, these meetings. Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. The Persian Empire. Today when you look at all of these uh, installed puppets, what, what would they speak? And how do they speak? Even having authority 
uh, over their own people subhanallah they fear they don't fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so Rustum gives permission what he does is that he ties the reins of his horse to the expensive pillows that were attached to the wall so he says you don't touch my horse and you don't touch me and he went and he tied the horse to the it's very expensive pillow you wouldn't do that would you so these guards were just shocked that we've never seen these people now what kind of an image are these people having that if this is the condition of their messengers who come and talk to us how are the are their soldiers in the battleground <laughs> what will happen subhanallah and again playing with the mind playing with the mind we feel these were genius these were great people of their time and he comes and he comes in such a way there is a distance now from where the horse is to where Rustum is so there is a big massive hall that he has to walk and a carpet Persian rug Hazrat uh, Rabi' ibn Amir what he does is that he takes hold of his spear and he points the, the blade of the spear to the rug to the rug and he pokes it down and now as he is walking he is dragging the blade on the rug and so he is damaging the rug and ripping the, the rug and this is a fact huh? this is not a story that we have made up Bidaya wa Nihaya Tariq tabari and all of the kitabs, authentic kitabs that you read, this is what he did. And the soldiers are just shocked at what is this man doing. And he comes and he has damaged everything of this dunya, again to instill fear in this heart that we don't fear you and you don't bias with your dunya. So what if you are Persians? So what if you have all the dunya in front of you? What we will speak, our conditions will be the first to be in front of you. And he comes and Rustum is in front of him. Now Rustum looks at him as Rabi' ibn Amir and Rustum says to him that look what is it that you want? Let us come to an agreement. Why are you here? So Rabi' ibn Amir says to him don't be deceived by the clothes that I am wearing. Don't be deceived by the clothes that I am wearing. Open your ears and hear me very carefully. And there's a translation. And in fact in the kitabs there is also the name of that person. I think it's Abduz. A man Abduz Ghaliban He He's the one who is also translating. And he says, what is it that you want? So that Rabi'ah ibn Amir says that Allah has sent us so that we can deliver you from the, the worshipping of creation to the worshipping of the creator. Allah has sent us so that we can deliver you from the worshipping of the creation to the worshipping of the creator. You people worship uh, character worshipping. This is how they, they were these people, individual emperors and all their leaders. They would do shirk. So he said, this is one. Secondly, he said, we invite you that this dunya is very, very narrow. From this Dunya that is very narrow to the vastness of paradise. And then finally imagine Rabi ibn Amir, just a tribal leader, is saying to him that we come to you to, we come to you to save you from the oppressions of other religion to the justice of Islam. 
we come to save you from the oppressions of other religions to the justice of Islam. Now, just one minute think. Do you think Hazrat Rabia ibn Amir must have studied comparative religion in Oxford University or something like that? Or in any Darul Ulum? Look at the lecture. We come to you to save you from the oppressions of other religion to the justice of Islam. No. That was Iman. They knew that the religion of Allah is Adl. The religion of Allah is full of just. Subhanallah. And everything else is an oppression. So Rustum said, okay, tell me what is it that you want us to do? Hazrat Rabi'a ibn Amir said to him that, look, first you become a Muslim. You become a Muslim and declare. Say there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his final messenger. And if you don't testify to the declaration of faith, then pay us jizya. We will not trouble you. And if you don't pay us jizya, then Rabi'a ibn Amir said that, look, we will fight you and we will fight you until Allah gives us victory. Such were the words. Fearlessness was visible from the eyes of the companions. It was all in the eyes. Ajeeb, subhanallah, sahabai kiram ajma'in. And so what Rustum did, he said to him that, come here, come here. And Rabi'a ibn Amir came to him. He says, show me your weapons. And Rabi'a ibn Amir gave him the sword. And he looked at the sword. And he says, show me your spear. And took the spears. And he started laughing, Rustum. And he started laughing and he said, with these weapons you come to challenge the Persian Empire. Have you gone insane? What did he say? With these Weapons, you come to challenge the Persian Empire. Have you gone insane? Hazrat Rabi'a ibn Amir laughed and he said, Don't look at my blade. Look at the one who handles the blade. Don't look at the blade, but look at the power that is holding the sword. Subhanallah. The Iman was, subhanallah, flushing out of the system. Subhanallah ilazim. These were strong, strong people. And Hazrat Rabi' ibn Amir looks at him and says to him, three conditions and I give you three days. What does he say? An ultimatum. Three conditions and I give you three days. And Rustum was a clever man. He says, no, no, no. Come and sit. Let us talk. You can't give me three days. I need more time. I need to talk to my seniors. This is something very important. He says, look, the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is three days. Sahaba were intelligent people. They didn't want to buy time. They did not want to give him time. He said, three days. In any of the three days, someone will come and pay you a visit again. On the fourth day, rest assured, we will take you on. Allahu Akbar. And saying that, Rabia ibn Amir again takes his blade, damages the rug, sits on the horse, simple horse, and these, the guards are looking at him. This is done in their capital. Subhanallah, sahaba the, wo sajda ruhe zameen jisse kaamp jati thi. Wo sajda ruhe zameen jisse kaamp jati thi. Usi ko tarasthe hai aaj mimbaro mehrab. Subhanallah, and then he said, Again, news was given. Hazrat Rabi'a ibn Amir was a bit more strong. 
than even the 14 companions. Yes, Dajjar didn't even give them an opportunity, but Rustum did. And then you have the famous Sahabi, Hazrat Mughaira bin Shu'ba, looks at Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas and says, look, we've given him three days, we don't want to waste time. Second day, Hazrat Mughaira bin Shu'ba says, I'm going to go and meet Rustum. We'll sort it out there. Hazrat Mughaira bin Shu'ba is the last ambassador of the Muslims to visit the Persians. Now, imagine before this engagement of the Muslims, confrontation between Muslims and the Kuffar, three times the ambassadors have gone to invite them towards Islam. This is our history. We are not thirsty for blood. It's not an occupation. It is about the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them Iman and Islam. And so, Hazrat Mughaira ibn Shaba again is there. He goes to visit Rustum. Now, they knew that uh, Mughaira bin Shaba is coming. So you had some of the officers that were sitting on the ground with the uh, Rustum on a very high platform like a throne. Hazrat Mughaira bin Shaba, Sahabi, huh? very famous Sahabi, comes along and he looks at all the officers and he goes and he sits next to Rustum at the same level and puts his hands there. <laughs> puts his hands there. This was a shock. The Persians have seen nothing of the sort. First the 14 messengers, then Rabi' ibn Amir with his horse, and then with his blade, spear and his sword. And now Mughira bin Shu'ba goes and actually puts his hands on the shoulders of Rustum and he's sitting on the throne. The entire army comes along and they want to push Mughira bin Shu'ba down. Mughira bin Shu'ba says, first listen to me before I put myself down. And now this was an opportunity to give them da'wah. So he said to the people there, and this is all being translated, that what is the matter with you Persians? How can you take a human being to sit on the throne as if he is God, as if he is God, and all of you are his slaves and servants, and that you are prepared to prostrate to him and worship him? Is this equality? I am inviting you, even now it is not too late, become Muslims and Islam will give you equality. Islam teaches us that we are free to sit with our leaders also, in the same platform. And when this message was given to them, they were looking at each other, because they had never experienced this haq, this equality. You see, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, just, they just did not provide lip service. It was not just bayan, but they were practical people. They showed by example. They said, look at this man. He is treating himself to be a god and you people are who? He's worshippers. And they understood. So now Mughira bin Shaba said to him that, look, again we had given you three days. This is the second day I come to you. Rustum, what have you decided? Rustum, what have you? Rustum now tries to become a bit of a diplomat, and he says that, ah, look, uh, Mughaira, let me tell you one thing. It's still not too late for the Muslims to turn away, and we will feel that, and we will take that this was just a mistake from the Muslims, that they just came here, why don't you just go back? It's never too late for you to return back. And then Mughaira bin Shaba said, showed him the hilt of the, 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 the sword, and said that, remember, uh, Rustum, that on the fourth day we will fight you with this blade, with the swords. And now Rustum got so angry 
He said, by the sun. What did he say? By the sun. They would worship the sun. And he said to his people that were there, that I will annihilate the Muslims and the Arabs on the first day of confrontation. And said to Mughira, it's time for you Arabs and you Muslims now to leave. And now no negotiations, the doors are shut. And it is going to be a full-scale war. Inshallah, that we will touch on next week. Agar Allah ne zindagi di. Maine kya karna itni sari baatein hai, my brothers. I have to open up to you and ex- explain everything. I'll just jump in the battle of Qadisiyah. There are still so many things we have missed out. The people who became shaheed in that year. Khad, these are the same and the main points. But then the battle of Qadisiyah, what happens if Allah has given us time inshallah still alive the next session Jumu'ah mein wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyulumi wa ala alihi wa salim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur raheem nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa ta'ana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi